Hi everybody, this is Buck Zeller. Today is the first edition, volume one, of my new podcast titled Buck's Brain. So this podcast is simply going to be uh, me and maybe sometimes some interviews, one on one, some conversations about life, what's going on around us, and uh, some podcasts are going to contain just a different perspective of uh, the service, Pastor Brad preached at uh, our local church, but you'll be able to follow along if you don't attend the service or if you or you attend another church. But basically, I just want this to be kind of funny, a little bit of satire, a little conversational, some serious moments, maybe talk about sports. One thing I do not want to talk about is politics, so if you're looking for politics, I'm sure there's another podcast out there for you. So let me tell you a little story about what happened to me today, as this is our pilot, and this is kind of how the this each podcast will go. I'll start with a little introduction, but today uh, I went to the uh, local pharmacy to pick up some medication for the for the children. And before I could get into the pharmacy, a man walked up, and I don't want to say he was homeless. At very worst, he just hadn't showered in a while, and the clothes he had on suggested maybe he doesn't shop down at the Lenox Mall, so to speak. So with that being said. Uh, I watched him do a couple odd things in the parking lot. He rearranged their trash can. He rearranged the the welcome mat. He swept it off. Uh, he went through his little black bag, and he had a, I don't know what he was carrying with him. I couldn't really tell, but he got it out, and he entered the pharmacy before me. Now, let me just stop there. It's very common in a big town like Atlanta for patrons of a certain, uh, a certain establishment, so... Walmart certainly comes to mind, or Dollar Tree, where you see people that dress a little different than you, talk a little different, shop for different things. And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. They aren't doing anything wrong. They're just not like you. I have been in situations where people looked at me like I was a purple dinosaur, and I'm not, obviously. That just means that I was wearing cowboy boots or something, or I was wearing a shirt that just stood out. I don't know. I stand out wherever I go. I'm just that guy. So I understand these, these folks and where they come from. So, as, as I walked in, I got a little bit nervous. Now, generally, there's some people out there, like my wife, that enjoy sanitizing their hands before they go into a business or not. I'm not going to say I don't do that, but let's just go on to the, to the next topic here, or, you know, continue this. So, uh, this gentleman starts taking a bath in the hand sanitizer. I'm not exactly sure why. Now, when I say a bath, I'm not... I want, you to, I want you to actually have a mental picture of this. I'm not going to get into details. He lathered up his armpits, his neck, his back, his calves. Okay. He lathered up his, uh, well, let's just say other parts. And as I walked by him, and I, and I basically ran as fast as I could to the front door, or to the, uh, to the pharmacist. I know him fairly well. It's a mom and pop store. Anyway, and I said, hey, uh, I don't know what's going on back there. And he said, what, what's he doing? I said, he's taking a bath in your hand sanitizer. And, you know, we're just kind of like, okay, maybe that's just, the CDC does not say you have to wash your, your calf muscles and your armpits before you go into a building, but you never you never know. Hey, maybe he's that guy. Maybe he has to be clean. I let it go. I said, don't judge, Buck. Don't worry about this guy. He's not your problem. You know, don't, don't sit here and start getting all, you know, silly about who he is and what he's gone into come up with funny names take pictures of him and post them on instagram because i don't do that that's not me but it's hard to it's hard to let your imagination not run when you see somebody doing little things like that that are odd 
And eventually, I, I, I was about ready to leave, and I noticed he was on the other side of the store, talking to himself, kind of touching things, and kind of, it, it looked like he was actually trying to feed himself from a bowl. Not exactly sure what that was about. Point being is, he just looked like he needed some help. And I, unfortunately, was not the person to help him. I said goodbye, I said, you know, you, he's in the bathroom over there. I just told the, the pharmacist, hey, I think he's in the bathroom, maybe this will be okay. And there's my, uh, my story ends there. I do not know what happened to him. I didn't call and, and I drove on. Now, a couple parts about the story I want to, to highlight. This is where the, the story where Jesus talks about the least of these and the needy, I think, intersect. Because a guy like this is obviously in need of something. The problem there in lies is who is the person to offer help? Well, I would say I could have done something, maybe gave him five bucks, maybe an apple, but you know, feed a fish, uh, give a guy a fish, he's gonna feed him for a day kind of concept. And not only that, and I hate to say this because I'm a loving man when it comes to people with mental illnesses, they may be dangerous and you know, I have family, uh, I, you know, I live with my kids and my wife and it just didn't seem like that kind of risk. So the only alternative that comes to mind what a person could do in this situation, and this is where it gets really sad, is to call the police. Now, folks, my dad was a police officer for a long, long time in Orlando. And I can tell you right now, other than some maybe some social services classes he took, he is in no way, uh, he was no way trained to deal with people with, with mental illnesses or drug addictions. Their only response was, and I, I'm going to say this very politely, so you know, don't, don't go either way on this on me, it was to, I don't, to subdue them so they wouldn't hurt anyone or themselves and then take them to the appropriate place, whatever that may be. And a lot of them did have warrants and stuff, so some of them did need to start in the jail facility just to get their paperwork rolling. A lot of them went to the ER and the social workers uh, at the hospital would take over from there. So, you know, there's there's different ways to handle that. And calling the police to me isn't the first one I think Jesus wanted us to do. The police have nothing to do with taking care of these people. But unfortunately, that's where our science, our, our society is at. And I pray that we do have the ability to take away that specific duty from the police. I don't think they need that uh, responsible, uh, be responsible for people's actions like that. I think that they have different a different job and. And I pray that somehow our governments, our local governments, or con um, the Congress and the, the state Senate and the, 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 the local municipalities figure something out. But anyway, moving on from that, if you think about it is who, is, who are these people, these, least, these least of these, uh, these people that we see every day that we run into at school or at work and the, you know, at the car wash, at church, in the hospital, they're everywhere. So the first thing that, that God taught me in this encounter is every time you see a person, they do need something. Now let that set in for a second. My wife is a very independent person. I'm very proud of her. She is a self-made woman. I hate to use that, that terminology. It just sounds so, I don't, I don't know, just not a common way or a, a good way of saying that she is very strong very committed, worked real hard to get where she's at. But what I mean is everybody in this world has something to need, even the most independent person in the world. You don't don't categorize how much money they have, don't sit there and try to say, well, they've got daddy to take care of them. They may not have the same needs as you, 
but they still have something that they need in their hearts or minds or relationships or health or, or friendships. I don't know. So I think what God wants me to stop doing is searching for the least of these because they're they're right across the street now you know they're they're in my own house i am my own person that a lot of times i am the least of these and i need to take care of myself in fact my wife is if she's ever going to listen to this is going to say i don't need to go on a mission trip i just have to go home at night my husband's there he's a crazy he's got medical problems all every time you know cough sneeze if I get behind a motorcycle, I wreck and I break something. So she's like, why do I need to go on, go to, you know, South Africa and, and, and work with tribes and children? I've got the biggest meathead in the world sitting at home. So we definitely need to get past the, I'm going to out there and find them. As if they only exist in certain areas of town or certain situations or they dress a certain way. I mean, clearly the guy we met today was, I'm using that more as a satire, like, yes, clearly he needs some help, you know. But that's that's only the people we cl um, classify as needy tend to re get the help that they need, if you, if you hear what I'm saying. So hopefully that man got help, but what about the people that do not fit into the common you know, genre or uh, presentation of needy, you know, how do they get help? So I've been praying to God since uh, our last uh, sermon was, was diving into this, is that God allows me to see the needy even when they don't know they're needy. That's a tricky one. Have you ever tried to help somebody that didn't want help? It's kind of crazy. It, it goes, it goes pretty bad. You know, there's an analogy that only the only a drowning man, once they surrender uh, or give themselves to the lifeguard, were they able to be saved. In other words, if they fight the lifeguard, if they fight to try to stay afloat, they're drowning. Whereas as soon as the person is tired and allows the lifeguard to hook them up to their, you know, to the rescue gear and get them on the shore, are they able to be saved? You know, so that, that that's very something to, to think about. Who are these people and why don't they want to be saved? Okay, so if God is pointing you somewhere to a, a person or a group, and they're doing their best to say, you know what, I'm fine, leave me alone. What, how do you break that barrier down? You know, and I'm going to start here by saying I don't really, I'm looking at my notes here, I don't have that answer. I think prayer is a good answer. I think just developing relationships is a good answer. And in some ways, I think doing um, uninvited, not uninvited, don't show up uninvited somebody else. I don't think that's a great idea right at this point. But just uh, kindness, acts of kindness, will at least demonstrate that you do care, that you're legitimate. They may not allow you into their inner circle yet, and they may not let you uh, attempt to heal their broken heart or be a friend. You know, there might be a lot of hurt you're dealing with. What, what I'm saying is you shouldn't give up and you should approach it as if you are trying your best to offer them assistance without looking like a social worker or calling in the principal's office, you know, be discreet, be friendly about it. So, you know, you have those folks, and then you have other folks, I think, that are in such desperate situations. And this is where it gets interesting. Desperation doesn't mean you're getting kicked out of your house or you need a kidney. Desperation just simply means you can't do it by yourself, that you're in a spot where you need assistance of others. And I know for a fact that's a very hard uh, principle to accept. Human beings 
just are made with that primal fight or flight, you know, I don't know how you, you know, terminology that you want to use, but we desperately want to live. It is very hard for us to trust somebody with certain aspects of our hearts that are extremely important, vulnerable, and I even go on to say that they are very intimate, the private parts. But when somebody isn't desperate, what Jesus is saying is they need you rather than, regardless uh, if they decide to accept your help or not. And a lot of times I've heard of like uh, good, good analogies would be interventions. Good analogies would be um, having maybe somebody's doctor and some trusted friends speak on your behalf to say, hey, I, I'm very worried about the situation. Is there something you can do for us? But I, I think those needy people in, in that regard is what we tend to need to focus on first just because their situation is so strange and it's just not something we can uh, overlook and our conscience gets pulled in. So what can we do for them? And here's the part where I think God has inspired me to do different things. Number one is don't assume no one, don't assume that they're going to come to you. They already may be ashamed. They already may be very much uh, within themselves. And I hate to say it, but they might be in a mental state that doesn't know how to ask for help. They don't know how much trouble they're in. Uh, they can't trust anybody. So the Christian response is fairly simple. If you think about it in scriptures, praying, introducing God's love to them. But I think one thing God has put on my heart is not run from it, like I did with the guy at the pharmacy. Don't say it's somebody else's problem. Don't say somebody else can handle this. I just don't think that's what God wants us to do as Christians. You know, if you read through the scriptures, God is always uniting his disciples with his power, with the power of God. He's empowering us. He's giving these special tools, special insight, special vision. Now, I know it's COVID. I'm not saying that you're not going to get COVID. This isn't some kind of COVID cult thing going here. What I mean is you do have what it takes to help somebody, even if you know it or not. You have the, the resources and skills. And it's called the Holy Spirit. It's right there. You just may not be able to pull it out. And you may not be able to recite it. You may not be able to demonstrate it all the time. It may not be something on your resume. But you have that ability. And I think one thing that Pastor Brad kept harping on about the about the least of these is there is not a lot of there's not a lot of places for people to turn in this world. And in my heart, one thing I've noticed is it is easy to turn to evil. It is easy to turn to drugs if you're in pain and alcohol. It is, if you're starving and, or if you're unsure of your financial situation, you don't have to go rob a bank to get rich, but bad business dealings, maybe if you're you know, in a situation where you can control people's money, it's like, I don't know, like an accountant or financial management. But there are ways that you could compromise who you are if you're in desperation. And... I think Jesus wants us to be the people that say we can find a better way. That Jesus didn't give up on you. Jesus didn't say, oh, well, don't have to put up with that today. Jesus wants to resolve your conflict, and sometimes, in a lot of ways, he uses it through us. The question is, are we willing to get our hands dirty with people's lives? Are we willing to turn off the World Series? Ugh, shocker. Are you willing to forego getting your nails treatment sorry ladies i'm not really good with female 
you know, metaphor. So if anybody wants to email me some in, I, I would be grateful because I could go on day on guys. I mean, I I have some really good lounging skills. I wish that would help. Golly, why can't I be the guy that says, "Hey, you're tired. You need rest. Come over to my house and let's just watch TV for 22 hours." I could do that. I think God wants a little bit more than that, though. So I'll just leave that there. But you know, anyway, empower yourself. Allow yourself some. Let's just call it spiritual confidence to say, I can meet these needs somehow. I can be involved somehow. There's little things we can do with the people that are desperate around us. And then there's little there are things we can do that are people that are in some kind of need around us so that we don't have to do things like call 911, call a social worker, take somebody down to the ER, or watch them turn and ruin their lives to drugs and chaos. Okay, with that being said, this is a, remember, this is our pilot. Um, I'm looking at about 17 minutes. I'm trying to keep it around 15 to 20. So this is just a little um, commercial cut, if you will. Uh, if you have a topic, if you have a uh, idea, if you'd like to even try to participate, give me a call. If you don't have my number, I don't think I want to put it out on this. But if you if you have my number, text me. If you have my Facebook, Facebook me. Everyone can email me. It's buckrzeller at gmail.com. So let me spell that. It's my first name, B-U-C-K, the letter R is in Romeo, Zeller, Z-E-L-L-E-R, at gmail.com. So buckrzeller at gmail.com. Hit me up, ask me questions. I'd like to hear some uh, some suggestions. I mean, I'm, we're going to be talking about a lot of strange and interesting topics. I don't want it to be about just straight spirituality. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of funny stories that, that are out there, and let me just end this with a 30-second word of prayer. Lord, I'm really excited about this podcast. You've had this on my heart for over a year. Not exactly sure where it's going, but just bless the listener. Let them know that the Holy Spirit acts through podcasts. He acts through MP3 players. He acts through videos. He acts through church. Lord, just let them know that they are in need, that they find rest in you, and that there's someone out there searching for them to, to provide for them. And for those of us that are in, in desperate needs right now, Lord, empower us, encourage us, energize us to be vigilant, to find those that are in need, and do what they need done, not what we feel comfortable doing. Amen. All right. Well, this is volume one of Buck's Brain. I hope I didn't go too deep into the unknown. I don't think I did. and hope I didn't leave you with any strange mental pictures. And the next time I record, hopefully I'll have... A better idea of where this is going but like I said let me know what your topics are all right have a good day whatever day you're listening to this God bless